Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to episode eight of Shisalfa. Um, today is we are halfway through the season. Yeah, it's isn't that crazy? Very crazy. Um, and I think we are a bit burnt out from all the social media and all the posting and whatnot and recording and etc. So maybe, maybe, maybe this next week we will take a break from so out of socials. I think that I think that would be very refreshing for everyone involved, artists, audience, us included, because um, there's so much content to get through, you know. And I feel like yeah. um, I feel like as much as uh, you would want to be able to tune in every. Um, Wednesday and Saturday. I know for a fact that sometimes that's not entirely like doable. So I hope that everyone takes this opportunity to sort of, you know, um, get themselves acquainted with all of the artists that we set up uh, on on yeah. our first um, four weeks of artist spotlight and come in with like a fresh face and, and ready um, for the next set of artist spotlights. Maybe y'all have the opportunity now to read the whole book and then come into these next four weeks of podcasts and articles and whatnot with a fresh perspective um and with already this knowledge built into your head from our book so i think that's actually a really nice cute little break that everyone needs right now you know and we're all starting uni or like we're all like I mean, I'm starting uni. I know a bunch of people already started uni. But, yeah. um, you know, it's just necessary, I feel like. But don't miss us too much. Yeah. And we're just going to hit you off with a very nice little um, cherry at the end of the Sunday that you can enjoy over the break, which is Marwa. So excited for today's episode. Very, very excited. Marwa is super fun. I went to high school with Marwa. I'm jealous. If you want to introduce her to us. Okay, just to introduce you all to Marwa, um, you can follow her on Instagram at extra shots by dot mar. Um, so it's extra shots by dot M-A-R. Um, Marwa is a photographer. She's an Egyptian photographer that's based in Nottingham and Elaine, um, which is so interesting because I feel like it's been a really long time before I heard someone being um, like based in Elaine. And fun fact of the day that no one asked for, I'm currently recording from Elaine right now. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Elaine vibes. Yeah. Um, And uh, I'm sure um, most of you are aware, um, Marwa's photo series that we're going to be discussing more in depth today was shot in Elaine. Um, and I'm overall looking so forward to getting to hear her uh, side of the story and her conversation and her perspective. Exactly. And if you want to get her prints, check them out on our website, www.soalif.store. Support Marwa, support us, get the book, read her words, read our words. Um, and yeah, let's just get into this episode, this discussion with Marwa Adi. Hi everyone, we're back here today uh, with Marwa. Marwa, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? Alhamdulillah. 
Salam, homie. How are I'm good. You? I'm vibing. I'm just enjoying our time. Marwa, would you like to um, introduce yourself a little bit? Sure. For everyone listening, hi. My name is Marwa Ali. I am 20, almost 20 years old. Yeah. Um, I'm a photographer. Uh, I study in the UK. I'm from Egypt. So I do a lot of work with cameras, studios, currently exploring different kinds of photography. And I'm very excited to be here. <laughs> I don't know. I feel a bit nervous, but this is this is great stuff. So I'm I'm glad. We're very happy to have you here. We're, I feel like we're so excited to hear all the things that you have to say about this project. Um, of course, your project is like, um, I think, very special. I feel like to me as a person, even just as an audience member, seeing it made me feel sentimental to it. Um, uh, and yeah, I'm still looking forward to uh, to hearing the insights yeah. of this project and the process. I think what's so sentimental about it is knowing Marwa's background, personally knowing it, um, and her, you moving from Abu Dhabi to Al Ain, and Al Ain being like this <clears throat> second capital almost. Al Ain is where Sheikh Zayed is from, right? And <clears throat> there's a lot of heritage there. There's a lot of heritage for the royal, royal family there. Um, so it's very nostalgic space. Al Ain is a nostalgic space. And you chose to do this shoot at the Al Ain Museum. So what is it about this museum, do you think, that spoke to you um, like it spoke to Shamsa? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, I wasn't really there in the process when we were moving from Abu Dhabi to Al Ain since I'm studying abroad in the UK. Um, and I wasn't home at the time. So when I did end up flying back home after my semester, I definitely like wanted to get to know Alain on like a more personal level um, and like really learn about the heritage and the culture. Um, and I feel like um, the Alain Palace Museum was like the most appropriate place to do that because first of all, obviously Sheikh Zayed is from Alain. And second of all, it was um, the the actual museum was Sheikh Zayed's previous like residence. So it was one of his first homes that he lived in um, with his family. So it's really the root of where it all started. Um, and it kind of gave me like an insight on Sheikh Zayed's life, his family, the culture, the heritage, obviously. And the place is like really significant for it's super close association with his life and the story of like Sheikh Zayed, um, not just during like his personal life, but also during the first, like during his years as like the first president of the UAE. So I feel like if I really wanted to know the history of Al Ain, that place was definitely where I had to go to do that. Obviously you're saying you weren't there for the process of moving. Um, but like, were there any, like, have there been any reflections so far, um, about how it's been like moving from Bulabi to Dain? Because while obviously Dain is in Bulabi, technically, I think they're very different spaces. And I was just wondering how that went for you. Yeah, no, they're definitely different cities. I'm used to living in like really robust and like urban cities. So moving, you know, not to say that Al Ain is like completely desert and everything, because everyone always thinks that Al Ain is just a desert and like, 
you know. Um, but it's not. They have a lot of stuff there. It's like just a smaller version of Abu Dhabi. But the population is huge. There are like 700,000 people living there. Um, but obviously it was uh, not a culture shock. I think it was just a change of environment, really. Um, I've lived in Abu Dhabi for like almost nine years. So the change was definitely like shocking to me because... Um, even though, like, I try to adapt to my environment, it, it hits home when I have to leave the place that I've made so many, like, so many memories in, and I've met, like, almost all of my friends there. I grew up there, pretty much, and, um, obviously, like, I was not expecting it. It was such a sudden move, too, um you know, because my mom had to find a new job, and the one that she found wasn't Alain, so it was, like, it was not just, like, a change for me, but also for, like, my entire family. Yeah, you know, it's, there's two things I want to touch upon there. The the second one that I want to look at is the change, but the first one is you mentioned that it wasn't a culture shock, Um, and I think that's so interesting, and I think that's so, that provokes a lot, because my question is, like, how can something be a culture shock if it is almost essentially your culture as well? You know, if it's also a part of you, how can we expect any... It's almost like if I moved from one place to another in the country, it's still my country. Like I wouldn't experience a drastic change in my lifestyle. I mean, except for the space itself. But that was something that you said that was very interesting to me. Yeah. Um, do you so... have anything you want to say about that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's always a lot to say about when you move to a different city and when you, like, experience a new lifestyle. Um, obviously, moving from Abu Dhabi to Lain, I would say personally, is a lot different than moving from Abu Dhabi to, like, Dubai. Or um, I would say I, I'm, I think I would have the same, like, feeling if I moved from Abu Dhabi to Sharjah. Um, I feel like because it's it's more cultural based and more there's a lot more um, close to the culture and the heritage. Uh, whereas in like Abu Dhabi and Dubai, you would usually find a lot of urban developments to kind of fit the newer generations and like um, obviously for tourism purposes. I think that when when you move to a place, regardless of it being like in a different country or the same country, um, I said that there was no culture shock because I feel like this place is already like familiar in a way, but it's still so different from when I lived in Abu Dhabi. Um, so I would have to say it's kind of just like a different version of the same thing, but at the end of the day, like, there are things that set Alain apart from Abu Dhabi. And those are the things that I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting, you know? I feel like, um, I think it's so interesting hearing it from your perspective, because personally, I grew up between Abu Dhabi and Alain. So for me, when they're, like, personally, as a person who did grow up in between those two cities, my whole, like, my whole life, and it's a place I go back to quite often. It's where my family lives and, you know, where they've lived for, like, decades. Um, for, for me, I don't sense a culture shock, but a culture shift, you know? It is the same culture. 
it's very much so the same culture but it's it's explored in a different way you know because i feel like there's a lot of things i can get away with in a that i can't get away with elsewhere uh but at the same time there's a lot of things that i can't get away with in a that i would be able to get away with elsewhere and it's very interesting because it's like uh uh again also i feel like the shift is that happens here is I feel like in Budabi personally I've experienced a very like if you are a fun person and you have a fun group of people around you that you enjoy you will always find things to do in Budabi and I feel like this translates very well into shifting today however people who find it difficult to create space around them that like suits their environment and like work with their environment will almost never survive I feel in Elaine because Elaine at face value looks so like you said very tradition family period you know what I mean so I was just wondering if you felt that shift or if you even have had have had the time to sort of reconcile with this shift because like you said you were abroad when the move happened and um, like as of right now you're still in the UK so I was just wondering if you have um, any like yeah I feel like because obviously all of my friends are like either in Abu Dhabi or Dubai so it's very hard to you know kind of see them in Al-Ain um but i feel like if i did you know gather the group and hung out in an lane it would definitely <laughs> it would definitely have like a different vibe or like it wouldn't be the same but not in a bad way uh, i mm-hmm. feel like it would be more chill it would be more relaxing um definitely be fun like always but um i think it just depends on this this culture shift i think is just about how you adapt and you adjust to the way people in that city live so you kind of blend into that lifestyle and the culture um so it's it's very interesting but yeah shamsa said something about exploring and also about creating spaces around you so this brings me to the other thing that i want to consider in relation to you as an individual um what does uh, so as you, Marwa, the individual, what does the role of the spectator or the word spectator play in your life, especially when it comes to exploring and creating your spaces? What does spectator or being a spectator mean? Or I is mean, this a word that maybe I'm imposing on you? I could be imposing this word on you. Um, but yeah. You know, that's an interesting question. I feel like when you're a spectator, you're pretty much seeing... Um, something without actively being involved in it so you're just observing on the sidelines you're like a bystander uh, when it comes to living in the UAE as a non-UAE passport holder um, you're you could be considered like a spectator you know watching the city's infrastructure and architecture improve over time more people are welcomed into the community and the population is growing so I feel like I would say when I first moved to the UAE in 2011. Um, Spectator may have been an accurate word to describe myself because I was put in this new environment uh, from previously living in Saudi Arabia, Riyadh. And I would obviously like, I'm not really familiar with the place, so I didn't feel comfortable or confident enough to like put myself out there. I think, however, like, once I grew older, 
and you know I've gone to school I met new people I feel like I contributed enough to not consider myself as a spectator anymore um, as I used to be because I got more involved by getting to know the culture and like the environment that I lived in so maybe maybe spectator is not the word I would use for myself now but definitely from when I started living in the UAE in general um, but yeah yeah I feel like there's like it's almost like hmm. it's upsetting that in a community that wants to be welcoming to everyone that we can impose these restrictions on people and how they feel when they first come or when they or even people that have lived here for so long and the need to like assimilate into the culture and like oh i need to learn about the culture i need to learn about the people to be a part of the people when like in my head when i think about it i just think about how the the people here in this in our country in in the uae specifically but i guess this could apply to other khadiji countries the people are all encompassing of every single nationality and every single participant in the community and there isn't necessarily a specific guideline that we need that someone needs to assimilate to you know what i mean yeah i don't i don't think it's a flaw in like the system i think it's more so like it depends on the person cuz for me i always have a fear of like not fitting in or being too much of an outcast uh which is like the entire theme of my project um so i feel like it's it's more so this initial fear of someone you know like oh my god if i'm going to a new place what if i like don't fit in here what if the community doesn't welcome me or what if I'm, i don't fit the standards or like i don't raise the expectations for like you know like newer generations um i think everyone has that feeling so it's definitely something universal and it's something that i kind of wanted to convey in my project which i did so <laughs> yeah and i feel like a question that i want to like sort of ask based off of like what we were talking about earlier um but also in reference to your project specifically how do you feel like um how do you feel like all of this unfolded in your creative process because obviously like your project itself is very much so um in capturing like the process of um i guess your mother interacting with the space around her quite literally and i feel like it has it's like it can be taken as a literal sense right but i feel like there's so much more behind yeah. it and i'm wondering um like what feelings you were experiencing while shooting or has there anything that you've reflected on upon since shooting or thought of prior to Yeah. So obviously like I do want to mention that I feel like this is one of the hardest projects that I've done. Um not only because it was personally very like touching to me, but because I've always dealt with this issue of like not being close to my identity or like my nationality so to say. Um and it almost felt like there was a void or something was missing because I was so confused like as to what or where home was for me. 
Um, and obviously, like, I was upset for years because it's not easy when you've been to different places and you kind of, and, and sometimes people just lose touch of what their home is or where they are. Um, and they don't know where that is anymore. And like, don't get me wrong. Um, being able to live in like different cities is something I'm forever grateful for because, um, I was fortunate enough to be exposed to a lot of cultures. Um, and I think that shooting the project really motivated me to face that initial fear I had for being an outcast. Um, because I've lived in the UAE for like 10 years now, um, I've considered it my home. It's where I call home. And I wanted to make sure that I knew that uh, the environment that I was living in, even though like I've only started exploring or getting to know the environment a lot later than I have. Um, obviously I was a kid, so I wouldn't, you know, a, a kid wouldn't think like, yeah, let's, let's go to the museum and read all the, the catalogs that are there to know every single detail about this country, you know, you know, so, um, I think by tackling this issue or this identity crisis, so to say that I have with an outcast persona, it set a grounding point for how I wanted to present this project because it really helped shape things into perspective, not just for me, but hopefully for the audience that will see this project as well. So I think by my my initial like drive for completing this was definitely overcoming this fear of not fitting in or being an outcast in a society that I've lived in for so long, you know, so. Yeah, I I don't know why this narrative and this experience resonates with me so, so, so much. Um, even though, like, governmentally, I don't know if that's a word, but, like, statistically, this is, by passports, my home, you know? So it's not something that can necessarily be taken away from me. But when I see these stories of, like, people... Uh, this this is literally other people's homes too and not having that st- reassurance that i have it always it always hits me so hard and the more we talk about it the more i look at the images the more cuz the images are shot very much documentary style they're shot very much like we are walking in this space with this woman and this woman she's alone in this space which is something very interesting every single shot she is alone in this space and every single shot she is moving through this space. Um, that's exactly what this project as a whole, this whole encapsulated series, wants to accomplish. We want to make it noticeable that our experience with this identity associated with this region is a walk, is a wanderer going through an identity. It's We're going through this this place that we call home, but trying to understand ourselves more. You know? Yeah, and I feel like yeah, the so. like the craziest thing is like I think we for some reason we all are facing I think we're all hitting the same wall, which is there's this expectation that no one's fulfilling like everyone's performing for but no one is truly fulfilling, and I feel like um, like here like again like Saddam I'm Emirati and I grew up here I never lived abroad I like literally was brought up here. Um, 
But I guess just due to the nature of the space or the nature of change and and quote-unquote modernity, whatever that means, um, it takes, like, like, Life is ever evolving. Uh, communities are ever shaping and being shaped by the people that belong to that community, which is us. Like it's me, you, uh, uh, like you know, um, and we're supposed to be able to set the president precedent for what that means. When in reality, we're all I feel looking towards this expectation. We're like we're outcast from it. But everyone is outcast from it. So why is that expectation there? Why is this concept of what it means to be living in the UAE or living in the Khadij or being Khadiji? Uh, like, why is it something that I feel like, I don't know, it confuses me. I'm like, okay, we're all not find, finding it hard. We're all finding complexity in coming to terms with this. Exactly. You know? so, I, think, I think that... Um, this is where I would say that's a flaw in the system. I know earlier I said it's not and it's individual, but I feel like this is definitely where it hits um, what the system might have done wrong for years. Um, I feel like people have this set idea that, you know, I have an Egyptian passport, right? My parents are from Egypt. My entire family's from Egypt. We don't have any, like, halves in anywhere, except for, like, my sister and my brother, who are half American. Um, but it's the, the passport holds so much power to the point where no one needs to know. Like, if you were to go up to someone and talk to, have a conversation about yourself, and the passport is brought up, like, oh, I'm from here. I have a passport from this place. They don't need to know anything else because that passport is what sets, like, where you're from, which I think is not really, it's not the most accurate because I have an Egyptian passport. I never even lived in Egypt. I would only go there to visit family or to go on holidays, you know? So it's it's just that, really. Yeah, and this is a narrative that, we hear a lot like it's no one can say that they haven't heard this no one can take the ignorance is not a bliss here because yeah. there is no ignorance because everyone knows this story um so that brings me to this idea of now okay let us transcend above these normative normative don't think i used that word correctly i did not use that word correctly normal but these Maybe. um these like stereotypical understandings of nationhood, these ideas of identity, these ideas of a state being attached to a state. And I want to ask you, do you think then your self-identity interacts or intersects with the Khadiji identity? Do you consider yourself Khadiji? Um, yeah, just your perspective on that. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, as I've mentioned, I'm non-Khariji, so I don't have a, a passport from the UAE or any other Gulf country. So honestly, people might call me crazy if I consider myself Khariji, but I think people tend to forget that you're allowed to learn from different cultures as long as you're, mm-hmm. of course, being respectful and you're eager to learn about it and you can accept it into your own identity. Um, which is simply and you form the culture yourself you yeah you know yeah exactly and it's pretty much the people's work like and i've i've done that i've accepted this khaliginess or this khalij identity into my own because now whenever people ask me hey where are you from or where did you live i always say i'm from egypt 
but I lived in the UAE for 10 years. I grew up there, you know? So the, having this sense of Khaliginess like intersect, like you said, with like my Egyptian nationality, I think is completely valid. And I think anyone can do mm. it, you know? It wouldn't make me less of an Egyptian. Um, and if I'm or honest, like... Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, and if I'm honest, like, labels, I, I don't like labels. I hate labels. They're not my thing. So I don't like how some labels are used to constrain people to their own community and separate them in groups. So, And I feel like as a community, we should be allowed and we should be getting to know each other and explore different cultures so we can understand each other and how we grew up and learn from each other, you know? So, again, the system. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> the system, uh, <laughs> literally. No, it's the just system, this, it's the system. It. It's it's the system of categorizing people into their own groups that is what bothers me a lot because it stops people from it. It scares them away from actually like asking questions about like, oh, so you're from the from this place. What can you tell me about the culture and the heritage? And I feel like we should be having that conversation more if we want, we don't want people to feel like outcasts, you know, um, we don't, we want people to come together and to like learn more about each other, uh, to grow the community, not just for us currently and previous generations, but also for the next. So we need to set that standard now um, and make it a more comfortable space for people. Exactly. Living in a post-label era. Exactly. Everything is post nowadays. Post. <laughs> Very heavy topic, to be honest. Yeah, you're so close. Like, I'm thinking about it. I was like, post, what am I post? Post this, post that, post. <laughs> post everything. I'm post a lot. Post. I'm post-colonial. I'm post-structurist. I'm post-modern. Oh, post-colonial, post... definitely. Literally. Everything is just... It's interesting that we live in this, like... We live in a space of post. Every single... Which is so dumb... And I saw a tweet about making fun of it, but it's like so real because <laughs> yeah. everything that we're sharing here is very like, um, like, I feel like the thing is, is this awareness, you know what I mean? And I feel like, I don't know if you guys feel it as well, and I don't want to sound like a rude person, but sometimes I talk to people who are older than me and they have no, no awareness of anything, you know, where I'm like, yeah. and it doesn't matter where they're from. It doesn't matter what, to what degree they're educated. Like, it's not like an academic thing, I don't think, or, or a Western thing, I think. Um, it's just, I talk to people and I... And I'm like, okay, I can tell that we grew up in the same generation because our generation is so hyper aware of so much. I think yeah. it like, like I know like it's very like cliche or corny to say like, oh, growing up in the digital age means this means that, whatever. But when you actually end up living in real life and practicing just being a human in our modern time with people of our generation, I truly see it. Like I truly see the difference. And I think it's so crazy because... Like you said, there's these identities, there's these labels, you not wanting to categorize. And I think it's so interesting um, to see how, like, w where we go forward from here, you know? Like you said, trying to set the ideal for the community we're in and how we interact with it and hopefully shape how it interacts with us in the future. I think it's crazy. Well, speaking of figuring out how we want to interact in the future. I am trying to figure out how we want to end this podcast. 
<laughs> so I, I think find out where you're gonna go with that. No, no, but see, I went somewhere. I still you got somewhere. somewhere. Yeah, uh, I am post post podcast at the moment. Why? Because we are ending this recording soon. Um, thank you so much, Marwa, for joining us and having this conversation with us. I felt it was emotional at times. I don't it, know about yeah. y'all. No, thank you for felt having something me. Inside me. It was really, it was a nice conversation. I feel so lucky to be able to sort of speak to you uh, and not only interact with your art, but also interact with you in a way that allows me to sort of, you know, I, I was already sentimental about your art, but like now I feel like I've gotten some insights into your perspectives. And I, again, I just want to say thank you so much for allowing us that insight. No, thank you guys. I mean, this is this is a huge project and being a part of it and being able to put my narrative out there that I know a lot of other people resonate with is something I'm truly grateful for it's it's amazing but but yeah <laughs> we are grateful for you thank you so much that was a very fun conversation and surely intense I think yeah. um but I want to leave by asking you Shamsa do you ever feel like a wanderer lost at home I feel like I feel like that's a really interesting question because um I feel like the sentiment is very human. Um and I love the way that Marwa framed it, like the actual word choices she made, like wander lost at home. Because as a human, all I feel like a lot of times you're just expected to know things or you're just expect or you think, you personally believe that everyone thinks that you're mm-hmm. expected. Yeah. Um, to know how you feel and where you belong and how the world works. And I feel like a huge part of coming of age is realizing that we're all lost here and we're all just trying to get by. And I remember whenever I first had that like sense of coming of age when I felt like, okay, even my mom, you know, who like growing up, you think your parents have everything together is just as a little lost as you are. It's It's a comforting sense of like camaraderie that you can feel. Um, but also it's very like overwhelming because then you realize, okay, so this is the human condition. I'm stuck. Am I stuck like this forever? So being like a wonder lost at home, I feel like is such a universal experience, but because it's so universal, it's so it can, it has a million and one ways in which it could be nuanced and interpreted depending on your personal experience. So I feel like even on the, yeah, I feel like you're getting deep. Um, so yeah I just want to say like again like I think with Marwa even on a conceptual level she was able to create such um, such a fascinating piece of art that allows you to connect while again her, her, her subject topic is so uniquely specific to whatever experience she's going through right now with her family in the UAE I feel like overall so many people can relate on so many different levels yeah definitely and i think reading her words again would just allow people to relate even further um mm. people that didn't th- didn't expect they would relate possibly yeah um and if you'd like to do that you can purchase our book encapsulated volume one photo essays on khaliginess on our website um check out our instagram soalif.collective um check out marwa's instagram extra shot by shots by model <laughs> extra shots by dot mark um and yeah sorry that was so loud i hope y'all did not hurt in your ears when you heard that 
but also check out her prints support her support us and yeah see y'all not next week but the week, week after <laughs> bye everyone bye.